Welcome to the Sent to Share podcast. We are a collective of simple churches bringing hope to our cities. Welcome everyone to the Sent to Share podcast, where we look to multiply disciples uh, wherever you are, but we're just a couple of disciples in the Pacific Northwest area looking to find people that want to do discipleship and multiply discipleship right where we're at. I'm Joe Camerlingi alongside Brent Hofen. Welcome to this week's episode, episode number three. Last week, we discussed the Great Commission. So if you missed that one, go check it out. It's the foundation of so much of what we do as disciples of Jesus. Um, And it's just really important to get that kind of foundational thought down. And so if you missed that one, go check it out. Over the next coming weeks, we are going to discuss the seven sales. What are those? Well, there's seven biblical principles that we believe that we need to be doing on a regular basis to be disciples of Jesus. So there are things like focus on God's word, coming together individually and as groups to dive into the Bible together, multiply extraordinary prayer, not just praying on your own, but gathering together and praying together as believers, Going out amongst the lost, which we'll get into in just a moment because that's what we're going to discuss today. That's going out and looking for people that are hungry for the things of God as Jesus commanded us to do. There's C Group Start, there's Cast Vision, there's Train Believers, there's Ongoing Coaching. And so these are the seven sales, and we'll talk more about them. If you're familiar with it, this is a, a premise that comes from eLife and beyond. So Chris Galanos and some of the the people that he's learned from, they're just uh, the language that he uses. But many different people use these biblical principles, and maybe they name them something else. We use the seven sails because we imagine a movement of God as the wind through our sails. We raise the sails. We don't control the wind, but we can be doing these things so that when a uh, movement of God does happen, our sails are up. And so, Brent, this week we're going to be talking about the importance of going out amongst the lost. By the way, these aren't in order. They're not a step-by-step. This isn't baking a cake. This isn't, um, you know, building a structure. These are things that are ongoing in our lives that we want to be concentrating on. And this week we'll talk about going out amongst the lost. Yes, I'm pumped about this because... (laughs) Not only are we going to talk about it, but we're going to share how much it has affected our lives and some stories that um, of lives that have been impacted because we looked at a biblical principle and we said, how are we going to obey this and live this out in our life? So what I want to do is just very quickly read Luke chapter 10 so that we have a base understanding of where did this come from in scripture? Is this something we're making up? No, it's biblical. So Luke chapter 10 says, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and he sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go! Exclamation point. I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. When you enter a house, first say peace to this house. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there eating and drinking whatever they give you for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. But when you enter a town and are not welcomed, go into the streets 
and say, and my uh, notes just cut off right there. So Joe, so what do we say? Even the dust of your town that clings to your feet, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. I would have gotten really close in a Brent Hofen translation, but it probably wouldn't have been 100% correct. The BHL. So Joe, what, when you hear this passage of scripture, are there a couple things that just like jump out that you like, man, this has really impacted my life. Yeah. It's the go portion of it. Um, and it's, it's, that's the first part. And, and often I've thought of that sitting in a, in a church service is like, where can we go? Oh, there's this neighborhood right there, but there's no aspect of what I was doing that was go there. And then do these things. Usually it's go there and maybe try to get them to come back. But it's just... Well, we would ahead. go out to eat lunch yeah. after <laughs> yes, church. That, 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 <laughs> that doesn't count, no. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's go and then when you're there, what to do of like, hey, you know, talk, send your peace out and, and, and see who there is interested in the things of God. Now, he's, Jesus is sending them out before the places he would go, um, but remaining there and this idea of eating a meal and this, this tradition. And I think the thing that stood out was like, okay, this seems really important, but how do I do this in a modern context of not taking stuff with me? What does that mean? You know, a knapsack or, or, or money or whatever that is. How do I do this? Because this seems very important. And then the closing part is obviously difficult as well. This idea of like, um, you know, telling people, the difficulty of not accepting that the the kingdom of God is there that that that's going to be not good for them <laughs> and and how right. to do that. So I think those are some of the things right away of uh, that and the seventy two. I mean, I missed that right off the bat. This isn't the twelve. This is seventy two that he is sending out. So probably people that have been trained by one of the disciples. Maybe they've heard from Jesus, but these that's that's a huge number. Yeah, and I think you see evidence all through the New Testament that this is not just a one-and-done thing. This was the life that they lived. Like, there's story after story after story that are t- that took place all through the New Testament, and those stories came because they were still doing this. They didn't just do it for 12 and 72, and then they're like, hey, this worked for this point, but now we're going to do something completely different. No, they kept doing it until it was thousands and tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands. And, you know, most scholars believe that just in the short time of the early church in those very beginning years, that millions were reached. That's mind blowing. It is. Major difference between that and what many of us have experienced. I think the other thing that jumps out to me, Joe, is that. When I first read this passage of scripture, I remember at the beginning of my disciple making journey, when I got serious about making disciples, how much fear I had. And that fear is something that I think is false or it's something, it's a mindset that we made up in our head. I think it's something that the enemy tries to use to keep us from doing what Jesus told us to do. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? No, I agree. And I think when I was talking about my time, you know, sitting in a a traditional service is that, you know, this is important, but you spend so much time trying to, well, what does it look like? What does it look like here? And then you can put that fear in your head. Well, this doesn't work or that won't work, or this doesn't going to work in this context instead of just 
going and trying and going and doing and just obeying it, you can get mm-hmm. so stuck in that place of what could happen or what won't happen instead of like, hey, I'm going to just try this and and just do it and see what happens. And I think that's where the fear gets built up when you're trying to get so much into the details of following it, like we said, step by step. And, and it's like, yes, we want to follow what he says, but just go try it and, and, and yeah. see what happens. I think, too, that we need to recognize that this isn't just for a certain kind of church. This is for every follower of Jesus. So, you know, the mode of most of my life was just one thing. Invite people to a service or invite people to an event or a program. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't do that. I'm just saying there's a big difference between that and personally taking responsibility as a disciple of Jesus to make a disciple of Jesus. That's different than just inviting somebody. So keep inviting, but add on that we're supposed to make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. And if we miss that piece of it, we're missing a huge part of it. Another part of this that's really impacted me is, you know, in, in, in terms of overcoming fear, What's the worst thing that could happen? Well, according to this passage of scripture, the worst thing that could happen to you is that the peace that you offer to somebody, if they reject it, if they persecute you, they say bad things about you, whatever it might be, the worst thing that could happen is the peace comes back on you. Like, that's really not that bad. (laughs) I mean, come on. And what I found is that when you go out there, it's never as bad as you think it's going to be. I mean, what are your experiences? Like you go out there, do you have to overcome fear ever, Joe? Or are you just like fearless? I never, you know, I just do everything. <laughs> uh, Perfect. Yep. And if you believe that, I got some ocean from profit in Arizona for you. Next uh, week, we'll talk about repentance. <laughs> Pride. <laughs> um, no, and I think I think the first times it happened, because we're going to talk about prayer walk a little bit, uh, is that, okay, what is, what is that? And for me, starting this and actually raising the sale was in the middle of COVID. So there was this idea of there was a little bit of an uh, uh, icebreaker in some sense because I was going around the neighborhood walking the dogs a lot more with family because kids are home. We do I do a lot from home and my wife does as well. But at this time, we were it was hyper uh you know, at home type stuff. And there was a lot of people out. And so there was times where I'd go out and it's like, well, what do you say to this person? Do you bring up prayer right away? Do you, you know, how do you, are you telling if they want, how do you ask if they want it? You know, all those things of, of that you make up in your head. And I found the more I just was having a conversation with someone and then just saying, Hey, we're, you know, just out with everything that's going on in the world right now. We're just kind of prayer walking the neighborhood and, and seeing what our community needs. I would find that, yeah, there was some times where people would get kind of squirrely or, or say nothing, but that was it. They did That was the end of it, and then the, I might see them a day later, and they'd be perfectly fine saying hello to me. And then there was times where che- people would just go into what they were going through. They would open mm-hmm. up their story. And the the one fear that you can continue to have and I can continue to have is, is getting focused on the other sales aspect of it. Oh, I want to see a group start or, or is this a person of peace instead of just focusing on I'm out amongst the lost and this person wants me to pray for them or is willing to open up to me. Celebrate that. Celebrate yeah. the fact that you've put your, you know, the peace out there and they've accepted it and willing to do that and just leave it right there for now and be willing to do that. So I think that's the first thing. If, if someone hasn't done this before that, 
I know I feared, but just being able to just let it be. Hey, you had a conversation. Yes. <laughs> I love that. And I also think, too, that helps us, Joe, not see people as a transaction. Like we're, we're fully present there in a relationship with a person and we're engaging them and we don't have an ulterior motive because if you truly love somebody, you don't have an ulterior motive because we recognize it's, they'll know us by our love. Jesus is the only one who can change somebody's heart. We're just being obedient to what scripture said us to do. And those people matter to God. So I think that makes it so simple. The other thing that gives me confidence is just to remember that in the same passage of scripture and in the great commission, it shows us that God has already gone before us. Jesus has already preceded us in this thing. We're not trying to transform somebody's life by ourselves. That's up to, that's up to Jesus. And that gives me confidence to know that God's gone before me. Like I'm not alone. He's with me always. And so as I've gone out, Joe, I have just, seen enough stories where I can never go back to not being obedient to the scripture. Um, I think of this summer just going out with a team of people, some who had never gone out before. And we went to an apartment complex and we've got this amazing couple that's been learning to do this in their own lives, Chris and Karen. And in this apartment complex, they've been prayer walking it, having conversations with people offering peace. And some people are like, well, what does it really mean to offer peace to somebody? Well, there's lots of ways to do it. So I don't want you to put it in a box. But one of the ways that we do it is we just go out and say, hey, we're out loving on our neighbors tonight. We would love to encourage you if there's any way we can encourage you. And one of the ways we love to encourage people is we just love to pray for a miracle in your life. Is there any miracle that you need God to do in your life right now? And you're going to find out pretty quick whether or not they received that blessing of peace. What's your blessing of peace? You want to pray for somebody. And if they offer, if they offer you something and you want to pray for it, then you just continue on in the conversation and you're going to know whether they're continue to be open to further spiritual conversations or if that was it for that moment. And because you don't have an agenda, you're not trying to do something transactional in the very moment. It's up to God. Like there's just so much freedom. And so, we went out with a team of 14 and we went with Chris and Karen and man, they've just been so faithful in obeying this passage of scripture and many others. And I just felt like that, that night, that evening that we were out, God blessed them in just a huge way because they had not found what we call a person of peace. Um, in this, it calls it a peace, peace to this house. They hadn't found a person of peace yet. But they'd been faithfully doing it. They'd have spiritual conversations. They prayed for a few people. Um, but this night, God opened up the floodgates. And I remember Chris telling the story. He was just standing out there. There was this guy that pulls up, and his tire on his vehicle is just smoking like crazy. It's shredded to nothing. And the guy gets out, and he is drunk out of his mind and had been driving on that tire for a long time. And while he's standing there, he's like, are you okay? And he's trying to have a conversation, and this guy, again, is, he's just you know totally out of it. And a gal comes out on the balcony of her apartment, and she just starts you know yelling down and uh, engaging this guy. And Chris is like, hey uh, – are you his wife? And she's like, yes, I am. And, and Chris was just so bold. I love his heart. And he just says, Hey, 
you need to come down here because we're getting ready to pray for you guys and God's going to do a miracle in your life. So that was his peace, right? That was his blessing of peace. So you, you think I shouldn't be bold or there's a wrong way or a right way to do it. Uh, the most important thing is, is that you go and that you stay in a posture of humility and just love people. And that, that was who Chris was in that moment. And she comes down, they get in this conversation about their lives and, you know, and this husband of hers and, you know, some issues that they were facing. And, you know, you think like, I've got to have the perfect script or I can't do this until I know what to say. And I just don't think that's the case. And we're going to interview Chris at some point on this podcast, but Chris was just like, Hey, there's this passage of scripture in the Bible. And it says that sometimes people are tired of the way that their life is. And so that we just offer them peace in a better way. And if they're open to us and they're open to the things of God, then they just welcome all of that in their house. And we start discovering God's word together. And I'm just wondering if you're one of those people. And, you know, like, this is amazing, right? Because a lot of people are like, he did, you know, you did it like that. He did it just like that. And, and she said, yes, I am. And he's like, uh, uh, really? Like, so they continue in the conversation about, well, what would this look like? Do we come to your house for discovering God's word or, and Chris like, no, we come to your house and, you know, we'll show you how to become the spiritual leaders in your own family. And, oh, oh, by the way, uh, there's this part in the scripture where it says we're supposed to eat with you too. And so Chris just invited himself over to dinner and Karen, his wife was looking at him like, you can't just invite yourself to some dinner, you know? And, and then she's like, that'd be great. And while this is happening, their 21 year old daughter pulls up in her car. She gets out of the car. The mom is like, hey, Chris and Karen are here and they're here looking for people who are open to the things of God and are ready for a change in their family. And they're one of those people. And the 21 year old daughter goes, well, it's about time. <laughs> and she was totally open to it. And so to make a long story short, they, invi they invited themselves, I guess, over that Friday night to have these tamales and to have dinner and to do a discovery Bible study and to dive into God's word. And Joe, sometimes it's as simple as being present and offering peace. Sometimes as simple as just praying for somebody and letting God do what only God can do. And I just love that story. Every time, every time I hear, <clears throat> and I hear something new and take something away from it and that, that obedience to it. And here in my experience is sometimes where you live, you might say, well, do I have an apartment complex or how do I fit? And I know for the longest time, because I've gotten to do it up there in, in Portland, I was trying to fit this, right, the square peg into like, I got to find this place or I want to, you know, you go like, well, I want one of these type of stories. And for my experience, it came with God just kind of talking about the neighborhood around me and just giving him an opportunity and being patient with it. And so I started those prayer walks two years ago. And um, what I found was there was times where I was able to to pray for a neighbor, but really it was just, I would have conversations with people that I'd see for a long time and never actually got to sit down and have a conversation with them. And to me, that was a miracle. There's a neighbor down the way. My kids use her driveway for, to, get some speed down in the bikes and the, in the cul-de-sac. And I had tried to talk to him and, and talk to her and some of the neighbors back there about getting together. And one time she was just kind of, I was telling her, I was like, yeah, you should come over. We do 
a fire pit out front and we do it for Halloween. And she was kind of like, no, I'm a pretty kind of private person. And I, I just, I don't, um, want to connect in that way. So I thought, okay, you know, I kind of got the brush off <laughs> a little bit, but we still went back there. She was very nice. She said that, you know, the kids can use the driveway and anytime they want. But then the next time, the next day, I think we were right back there and she invited my daughter and I to go back and see her chickens. And it was like, then she just started talking and I saw she had a St. Francis statue that the same one my mom had. And we had a little bit of a spiritual conversation and it didn't, it's not the same as like, you know, in leading to a discovery Bible study or anything like that. But to me, that was a really big victory. And I think if you're starting, because here's someone who started off as just kind of like, it would be nice and, and she's being nice, but she, you know, putting that wall up. And then just the, the next day we went there, I was open, I was willing, I wanted to have a conversation with her. And then the invitation came in there to, to begin a spiritual conversation. And I know the more that I do that in my neighborhood, God's going to reveal someone that just unlocks it all. And I am confident in that. And and I do go to apartment complexes. I do the prison ministry I look at as, as a Luke 10 type of thing. And there's other places that I've been to and, and seen some you know different things. But to me, that was an even bigger victory. Because when you're in your own neighborhood and you're with people who you're going to see and you're kind of getting back to that fear of like, oh, am I going to be labeled that person in the neighborhood? And it just happens naturally. God kind of breaks mm. down these walls. You know the next thing's going to happen because you know what God does. You know that that He's that He's going to do it when I'm least expecting it. And so that's one of my favorite stories of just kind of like a, okay, God, I'll just keep be faithful and coming out here because you're going to tear down the walls. So I love it. I love it. And it's you know when you live that kind of simplicity that we're not chasing fruit, we're just being obedient to Jesus. The fruit is up to Jesus. You know, there's a lot of peace and just joy that comes from being obedient to Jesus's commands. You know, I also think when you were telling your your story about your neighbor, Joe, I think of the year that Chris and Karen prayer walked, faced rejection, people that they tried to pray for who said, no, we don't want you to pray for us. Um, and a year of stories of either rejection or just stories where maybe they got to pray for somebody and that was it. Or, you know, they, they tried to engage in relationship and their neighbors may or may not have been interested. You know, we don't have to be discouraged by that. Again, the worst thing that could happen is the peace comes back on you. That same night in that apartment complex where Chris and Karen met in their first person of peace and got to see a discovery Bible study launched, you know, Heather and I were, we walked into that apartment complex and like the very first person that we talked to, we said something similar. We were like, Hey, we're just out loving on our neighbors tonight and just wanted to know if there's any way we can encourage you or pray for a miracle in your life. And this gal just, I mean, the moment those words came out of my mouth, she started crying. And we just had this amazing conversation for about 45 minutes. We got to pray for her, encourage her, um, you know, maybe at some point in the journey, she'll connect up with the other people who are doing Discovery Bible study in that apartment complex. But the outcome of that, it's up to Jesus. And, you know, we haven't gotten to connect with her after that night. But God did something significant in that night, had us in the right place at the right time. It's beautiful. And while we were having a conversation with her, we looked at another pair of disciple makers on our team that were doing the same thing we were doing. Chris and Karen were having their conversation in one part of the apartment complex. We were having our conversation 
And another pair knocked on a door that they just felt led by the Holy Spirit that we should knock on this door. And the guy comes to the door. He was struggling with a whole bunch of stuff. The family was going through a lot of difficult stuff. And while we were talking in our conversation, when Chris and Karen were in their conversation, they got to lead this guy to Jesus. And I look over there and see these two laying hands on this guy. They're just praying. And I'm like, what? This is amazing. I had no idea that the Chris and Karen story was happening in a different part of the complex. And then there was another pair behind that building. Because remember, 14 of us were out this evening. And they were playing basketball with some teenagers on the basketball court. And while they were playing basketball, they got to the end of the basketball game. And they said to the teenagers, you know, something similar, like, is there any way we can encourage you guys to pray for you? And of course, most of them are teenagers. So they're like, we're out of here, you know, but there were two teenagers that just stuck behind and said, you know, we're just buying time to get out of this apartment complex. You know, we're struggling with our family and I won't, I won't share everything that they said, but they were just going through difficulty. And so that pair of disciple makers said, Hey, you know, would you be open to just like taking us to your apartment and to your family? And maybe there's a way we could help or encourage or just pray for your family. And they're like, sure, whatever. <laughs> and so they come walking around the corner to see their dad being led to Jesus by the other two disciple makers. You know, and it, again, it doesn't always happen like that, but we, we have to recognize that God is moving, God's working. Many of these people are never coming to us. That's why Jesus told us to go to them. And I've just seen enough experiences like that to know that when we obey, God is super faithful and he really has God before us. When I think of that too, I think when people come to us is when we go too, though. I think when, because we've heard stories of like prayer walking and someone coming up, but we have to be bold enough to go I think we have to be bold enough to go and, 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 and engage in conversation. And I think as we do that, God brings some of these other stories in where someone kind of just kind of comes up and reveal, <laughs> reveals themselves as the, as the person of peace. I want to close with a few ideas on what to do. What does this look like? Like we talked, I talked about in the beginning of, uh, getting stuck in what does it look like in a modern context. So we, we use the term prayer walk. I'll let you kind of talk a little bit about that in, in terms of uh, what you've done in the neighborhoods. For me, it's the idea is starting wherever you already going. Can you start there? If you're like, well, I don't have an apartment complex or I don't have one, A, start with two people. That's, that's an important thing to be – if you can find someone mm-hmm. to go with you. That's why Jesus commanded them, you know, go two by two is having that that support system there. But the ses- second aspect of it is not getting bogged down in that of like, well, do I do I'm gonna pray? Yeah, pray. See if the Holy Spirit's leading something somewhere to you, a place, a neighborhood, whatever it is. But you can start right where you're at. Do you have a dog? Dogs are great conversation starters. Uh, kids are as well. Took my daughter. We handed out pies to the neighbors. Knocked on the door. She yelled "Merry Christmas" at them, and <laughs> nothing disarms you like a like a toddler yelling that to you, and and the possibility of free pie. And it just I wasn't going to be like, okay, tonight we're 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 going to see this, and we're gonna, we're going to pray for someone. But it led to conversations that then led to that. Yes, but that night, just I went. We went, and we were handing, and we were doing something nice to the neighborhood. Maybe you're like, well, I don't have that. I but I. Do you go to work? Can you take another way to work? Can you slow down on your way to work? Can you take the subway or the bus or walk or take a different route and be aware of like, I'm doing Luke 10 today 
on my way to work, God, will you be faithful? And I've heard of people's stories where they just like, yeah, all of a sudden I met someone and prayed. I was going to this place. I just took a different route and I and I had a, a spiritual conversation with someone. So start there. Yes, we want to work to the place where we're coming together in teams. We're going into a specific neighborhood after we've prayed over it or an apartment complex or a rough place, uh, whatever it may be. Those are the kind of things, prison, jails, that's that's um, some of the, the ministry I work in. But to start of just finding, okay, God, where can I do this and be obedient to you right now? And, mm, so and, good. and I think that's, that's the best place to start and just go, okay, this is, this is going to be it for me right now for the month. And this is going to be okay. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this, but I'm going to do it intentionally with this scripture in mind. And I don't know about you, but I just found that that is like, I keep coming back to that. Even as much as we go and we hear these stories or we've experienced these stories and no matter how many times I, you know, see something or pray for someone in a prison, it's like, I go back to that and go back to that in my neighborhood or my business group, wherever it is and picking that one spot and going, okay, this is where I am a lot. So God, maybe there's something there to it and I'm going to mm-hmm. go with, but you have to be intentional, right? You don't, that's, that's very important is looking at this scripture and going, okay, I'm intentionally doing this with this in mind. And I think that's so good. powerful. Yeah. When you were telling the story about going with your kids or your, or a dog or something like that, I found that when I go with another, uh, adult guy or even my, you know, adult son now, everybody thinks I'm a cop or we're cops when we go together. So I found a lot of value in going with my wife because, uh, I don't know, I guess females just soften people up a little bit. Uh, so I was thinking of that when you were sharing that, but, um, yeah, I mean, if I had to just give a quick, super fast punch list, I'd say like, overcome the fear. It's never going to be as bad as you think it is. Don't forget that God's gone before you. You're not alone. Uh, don't be offended by what anybody does or says like Jesus is kingdom and what he's done for us is such an amazing gift and we're just we're offering a gift to somebody if they don't want to receive the gift um man you don't need to be uh, put off or offended by that and then the other thing is recognize man god loves everybody in your neighborhood if you don't know what to do start walking in proximity to wherever you live and even if you don't have somebody to go with just Start walking with eyes to see the families, the people who are around you the way God would see them and ask God that at the beginning, you might not have a conversation with somebody. It might just be, God, I'm going to pray for every one of these neighbors that I'm walking by right now. Is there anything that you want me to see? Is there anything that you want me to do? Um, You might take cookies to somebody's house, but don't just make it an act of kindness. Uh, Add to that act of kindness why you brought the cookies and Part of that why should be that you love people because God loves people. So give God credit for why you love because he's the basis of all love. And don't overthink it. Just start doing it. Yeah, I I just had one quick closing thought when you're talking about that. Don't go with step two. Go with step one with the peace. I'm coming to bring peace and I want to listen to this person's story. If I do nothing else but show up with the peace in hand and hear this person's story – there's no, well, what do I do next? Or how do I pray for them? Or what do I do? And just go with that in mind and let everything else kind of go. It's like, I'm going because I have this peace of God with me and I want to share it with other people. And I'm going to start by finding out if they are and just listen. And if you get to that place where they share their story, 
everything else will take care of itself. Trust me. If you just get to that place of listening and hearing someone's story, you you're you're doing it, and God will take care of the rest. He'll give you what to say, what to do next, and and that will be something what Jesus talked about when he said, "I eat, you know, I eat of bread that you don't know of." To his disciples with the woman at the well, you'll just start to feel that awesome thing of like. I just got to do and bring peace to someone. And just sometimes sh- them sharing their story is makes their day mm-hmm. and leads to other things. So I think just start with that. And we'll go over the going out amongst the lost several times because we're just going to keep coming back to it. This first part is a, a basis of it. So we'll share more stories and more ideas. Again, if you have any questions, you can send uh, us something that's sent to share if you got an idea or a thought. But don't overthink it to start. Just just go out and give it a try and see if you can find someone to, to go with you and, and, and do it together. Um, and like Brent said, you know, just overcome that fear and just get out and do it. And we'd love to hear your stories because your story yeah. is our story in, in hearing it and sharing all of these. Uh, we're, we're all one and we're, we're kind of in that mindset of, of just being able to, to share in these victories together. Yeah. And just remember this. We can't start a movement of God, but... We can raise our sails in the air. And as we raise those sails, when the wind of God begins to blow, we're going to get to experience something great and go with them. It's going to be exciting. So keep raising seven sails. Amen to that. Get on a new one next week. (laughs) Love you guys. All right. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Sent to Share podcast. Our goal is to encourage you to live a Sent to Share life with an aim to make disciples who make disciples where simple churches emerge. If you have questions about what it means to be sent to share, making disciples who make disciples that lead to movement and the birth of a collective of simple churches in your city, we would love to connect with you. You can find out more at senttoshare.com.